Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking Killing Me. I'm Corinne. And I'm Rainy. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Happy week two of Lockdown 2.0. Yeah, 2.0. Guys, like all sequels, (laughs) do we feel like it is better? Do we feel like it is bigger? (laughs) Or is it just as disappointing as most sequels? (laughs) My real question. I'm leaning uh, towards the latter. To yeah. be honest. <laughs> yes, me as well. Um, who do we have this week, Corinne? Camille. This is a perfect time for this episode to come out because as you may have just heard, Camille was just announced as one of the recipients of the pilot episode project at TDT. Ooh. So she will be working with the Toronto Dance Theater um, with no pressure to, you know, create a show or anything, but just have the opportunity to work with um, that company, which is great. That's super cool. It's yeah. very often that uh, emerging artists get the opportunity to work with professional dancers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in like a long-term kind of setting. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's really great. And, um, you know, congratulations mm-hmm. to those uh, to those people. Do you want to talk about the the thing let's talk about the thing yeah I mean I don't know how we're all feeling with this call out culture on social media yeah I think that there's also like a difference between calling out and calling in and we need to remind ourselves of that especially in this day of age with everything that's happened over the summer with COVID you know Black Lives Matter movement me too there's tons of opportunities opportunity to take these big monumentous moments that are happening and make them worthwhile. And we don't want to use our voice to call out because I feel like calling out is actually just like adding to the clutter and not actually helping these movements move forward. Mm -hmm. And specifically, I think it's important to like not use things as bait clicking, clickbaiting, you know, don't clickbait someone. Don't yeah. make it seem like we're calling people out and then that's not really what something's about, you know? I think yeah. it's important to use our voices for for what they should be used. If you have something to say, if you were hurt by something, if something happened, you should you have every right that that was your own personal experience to tell that story. I truly believe in that. Yes. You have every right. Your what happened to you is your own story and it's your responsibility or it's your own choice to share that Mm -hmm. but if you choose to share it publicly for the good of the community to like provide feedback or to provide other artists with information then give us the fucking information yeah there's been a few instances in like all types of disciplines over the past eight months where people have called out without actually like sharing the information, not educating us about what actually happened. Who are these people? You know, who are the victims in this? And I, or who are the people, perpetrators? Like we need to know who these people are so we can fix it. And if it's about educating, then you need to educate people about who it was and what they did so we can all make our own informed decisions for if we want to work with these people later on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I fucking agree. Yeah. And like, again, you have every right to use whatever platform you want to use to share what happened to you. And I fully like respect everyone who has been so brave and so, um, you know, really thinking about what has their experiences has been. Um, but we also just really need to like, let's not add to the clutter. Let's not add to the to noise, the out, to the noise. Yeah. Let's call people in and let's make sure that our voices are being used to help push everything to a better direction. Yes. Yeah. I agree. That so being said. Thoughts that we have today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to direct us back to our Patreon page. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Guys, the first Patreon only reward has been uploaded. It's a fun little silly outtake blooper reel that Rainy and I (laughs) made because, you know, doing one takes is hard and we had to do it 17,000 times and there's hilarious moments. 
<laughs> yes go to our patreon page check us out if you're an ongoing listener please let us know if you have any questions or you if you have any opinions about things we just talked about or things that happened in this interview email us let us know we love to know your thoughts if we've done something wrong if we've done something good we want to hear about it so please let us know yeah let's get to it hello friends my name is camille rojas i am an artist who works with film photography and dance um well i'm so excited you're here yeah. Um, something I witnessed just from like looking at you on Instagram and looking at your work is that it's it has a dance background to it, but it's totally. definitely very um, visual. So it's like a visual art with a dance pushed into it. Mm-hmm. And you went to National Ballet, is that right? No, I didn't. Oh, I thought you did. Where did you dance before? I trained, so I started really late. I started at 13. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the, I, I started because I went to an arts high school. Okay. And then there was I was there for visual arts, and then there was oh, like your okay. dance pro. It was Cardinal Carter, weird Catholic art high school <laughs> in, in North York, Young, Young and Shepherd. Right. Um, and then I saw dancers dancing. I'm like, oh, this is like fun. I should do it. And then um, I pledged my allegiance to Vaganova. <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> right. Which at that time, I'm sure everybody was doing. That yeah. was like, Vaganova was Rowan a Pig's ballet technique yeah. for so long. Anyway. It's an old school ballet technique for people that don't know. Yes. yes. Like Russian? Love. Yes. Very Russian. Very yes. Russian. Yes. And lots of like, <laughs> yeah. this yeah. is like yeah. the big thing. There's like not a lot of like positioning, can, which is like the RAD methods. Yeah. It's definitely more like flowy. For, oh anyway. my God. <laughs> I ate that shit up. I loved it. Yeah. Um, so I did, I only trained at the like recreational level um, up until I was 18. And then I stopped because I had to do work. Mm -hmm. Like real life. Real life work. Yeah. yeah. And then that was it. Wow. Mm -hmm. I think I must have thought you went to national because Lauren, did Lauren go to national? No, I don't think oh, so. Maybe my facts are just so wrong. I thought Lauren went to a university program. Oh, okay. She did. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I don't know why I thought that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you did photography. Is that yeah. Right? Yeah. I went to Ryerson for photo mm -hmm. um, thinking that I wanted to be a fashion photographer. And oh, so wow. just to give a bit of like context, so did art high school. I, you know, studied painting and drawing. Um, it was fine. It was whatever. Um, and then I took a year off just to like, kind of like figure myself out, mm -hmm. um, worked a lot. Um, and then reapplied because I had applied and didn't get in because my portfolio was like a piece of shit. And yeah. I did it like the night before. I was like, oh, okay, okay, I, I guess this is what I want to do. And then, yeah, I came in there thinking I wanted to be a fashion photographer, but that slowly, slowly just like went away because I just thought it's not, it's not, I don't care about it. I, I don't, I don't like it. I, I never really did. And I didn't know why. I just wanted to find something, I guess, to do yeah and then you know sort of like found found my way through university my voice and and that's it wow I feel like I could have explained it better but no that's okay <laughs> that was perfect. great what about fashion photography initially drew you to it and then what made you fall away from it it's people is I love working with, with figures, with, with people, with portraits. Mm -hmm. I love taking portraits. And I think back then I was so like nervous, like, how oh, can you make a living of this? Fashion photography seems like a good thing. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just like, I don't like the industry at all. Like back in like 2010, 2011, when I was like, you know, trying to like do the whole fashion photography thing, it was like, you know, the same faces, the same people, the same agencies. Oh, I'm not going to publish your work because you're not working with an agency model, which is like, you yeah. know, really shit. I'm like, you know, like, fuck this. This yeah. is so gross. And I'm so glad it's like, you know, it's come a long way. And I think with, you know, Instagram being a thing, it's, gotten so much better I right. think but like diversity and inclusion wise for sure yeah. yeah and I think I just got really bored of you know having to like you know always sell something right mm -hmm. um, but to answer your question again it's because I like I like faces I like people and I think 
I want it to do something right. with that. Mm -hmm. so that's what I connect to the mm -hmm. most. Hmm. I find that so interesting because when I look at your work, I see it, it's very geometrical and it's very shaped. <laughs> um, so what is, what's, what is the connection between like photographing people and faces as well as the connection between the shape and what does it mean to your work? The shape, can you like Yeah, so I notice like when I see your work, um, especially with film, yeah. there's lots of body shaping. So lots of angles, there's lots of like open space. It's a lot about making shapes with the body. Mm -hmm. Especially that one work that you just recently did, um, that you did a residency with, I believe. Um, where you're in the white shirt and jeans. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. that's um, in residence. Um, yes. It's like a commission-based mm -hmm. um, COVID relief. Mm -hmm. um, led by Robert Weinstein and Kevin Booth. Mm -hmm. Really great. So yes, uh, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in that work, it's... Do you want to explain a little bit about that work and then I can... Maybe... Yeah, yeah. So that one specifically um, was just trying to like amalgamate all my interests and like, hey, like what can I do now that I'm in isolation mm -hmm. without wanting to make like isolation art? Because <laughs> I don't want to make COVID art. Oof, yeah. Um, I don't want to respond to point. the yeah. yeah. Don't want to respond to the pandemic anymore. I, that's not what I was made for. Right. Yeah. But um, so I told you I trained in like um, drawing and painting, mm -hmm, and, I, mm -hmm. and I really missed you know holding a pencil. And I thought it was nice to you know finally have the time to draw again. So um, that piece that you're talking about is, is called movement research. Yes. And so, oh God, how do I explain this? Because there's so many layers to this, yeah. but pretty much the... It was super interesting to read about. <laughs> I was just like, whoa. Like, well, so the idea was that there, there's 32 poses that I made. Mm -hmm. And then there is, you know, a book, a plain moleskin book that has 32 pages in it. And so I thought, okay, well, if I make eight editions of this book, I'm going to ask the collector to pick four of those poses for me that I've already created so that I can create a new sequence of mm. poses mm -hmm. using those four as prompts. So for me, this was to try to help me with my movement mm -hmm. um, practice with choreographing. Did I say that? Chore choreographing? Yeah. <laughs> like, how, how do I speak? How do I say words? Yeah. <laughs> with, with, with choreography and stuff, because that's what I'm kind of, you know, working towards. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I, lo I love it. So I thought it'd be interesting to, I guess, like rid myself of my biases mm -hmm. by having, you know, this, you know, collector um, pick these poses up for me so that I can create a new set of poses in between mm -hmm. the four. So every eighth, every eighth page in right. that little book is the pose that they chose and then everything in between is like new ones how does one get from you know from here to uh -huh. to here and that's what i was really interested in so um that piece is is a book it's uh graphite drawings of me uh -huh. that you've done that you i've drew. done yeah. yeah yeah um and also like a video of like a new weird choreography that <laughs> was created and they're, they're like a minute long it was like okay very like pedestrian looking, mm -hmm. um, which is what I was interested in. Mm -hmm. What is interesting to you about that movement style, about that pedestrian way of moving? I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting to like, kind of like transcend those moves, like something that's like so regular, but like just make it a little bit weird. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I like ask myself that every day, like what is it about that that I like so much? Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was just meaning with that question is like because you're it's like super spaced so lovely like your work is like every time I see the choreography or the movement that you've created it's like shaped yeah. to perfection yeah so I think that's like what I was saying it's like by like it's very geometrical it is yeah and so I was kind of like what it to you is the connection between like um like the first thing that brought you into the work which is like photography with the face and the body mm -hmm. and like how does that translate through geometrical shape to you. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Okay. I'm not even, I'm not sure. I think like okay. I'll figure out like an answer like on my bike ride. That's, okay. um, that's like, fine. <laughs> or like a few days from now. <laughs> no, that's okay. That was like kind of a tough. Um, my question when I think about like why I like pedestrian movement is yeah. I think I like extremes. So if I'm going to watch 
a dance work that is extremely physical mm -hmm. versus like something that's very pedestrian or abstract. There's something about those extremes that I like versus like in the middle. Okay. Do you know what, does that make any sense? Like when I think about, um, did you see Reviser? Mm-mm. Uh, Crystal Pite? Kid Pivot? I saw, no, not that piece. Okay. I saw the one earlier this the year. The Height. Oh, wait, the... Reviser was the one when she was here last winter or fall. It was at the, not the Sony Center. Maybe it was at the Sony Center. Is that the one where they're, no, that's the, the one where they're on the table and they're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. No. Maybe it is. Like they're all like in business attire kind of? No. Oh. No, this one was like, um, there was like a, like a general, it was like army. Oh and, no, I, did, I haven't seen that one. Um, like what I really, really love about Crystal Pite's work is that it uses theatrics in their movement uh -huh. and in their faces because all of the audio and all of the narrative text is in the audio, so they're lip syncing to it. Yeah, yeah. So they're extreme in their faces and their theatrics. Mm -hmm. On top of Crystal Pite's movement, which is also extremely physical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, like, it's the extremes that I think, like, pull out the interest for me. Mm. But I also like work that is, like, pedestrian in the sense of what we think about as dance mm -hmm. and that, you know, might be improv improvised scores kind of thing. But there's something about the extremes that drives drives mm -hmm. it for me. Mm -hmm. The extremes of like pedestrian and yeah. physical. Yeah, because if it's just like in the middle of somewhere, it just like looks like everything else. <laughs> right, Interesting. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, so I do like the, the in-between, but maybe I like the in-between of like, of other things. Yeah. Um, that I can't elaborate on right now. <laughs> um, but no, I, I get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How is your work, um, because you are like an artist in so many ways with dance, photography, drawing, how for your projects, yeah. they're also often incorporated together, right? Mm -hmm. What comes first for you? Is it the movement first? And then the other parts? It's or? The, like the visual first. It's like it's the image yeah. first. Um, but also, I guess, like there's the, like the idea and then I sleep on it. And then if I wake up the next day mm -hmm. and I still feel butterflies, then I know it's good. And then mm -hmm. you know, I'll sleep on it a bit more. If it's good in a month and I still get those butterflies, I'm like, okay, we're doing this. Yeah. We're going to like delve further into the research. And mm -hmm. we're, so that's how I usually start. It's just like by excessive research mm -hmm. um but it's just kind of like everything's already like there and i think that's what i mean when i say the visual it's like mm -hmm. the movement and like the image mm -hmm. is there because that's how that's how i've been working um is for the camera mm -hmm. for pictures for you know two-dimensional space which i think for many people is kind of weird because they ask me like like why like why not like more live performances, which like I am like working towards, but mm -hmm. you know, I started off like as a visual yeah. artist and then I fell in love with dance because it just made me feel so like alive and, mm -hmm. and great. And I thought, okay, well, why can't I do these two? Am I getting off topic? No, I'm, just no, like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm super going. interested. Yeah. 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 And then like in my undergrad, you know, while still trying to figure out, okay, like I like, you know, working with ideas and emotions and, mm -hmm. and that's sort of, you know, what my work is about. It's like different, it's me figuring out the world somehow, mm -hmm. some way, right? Um, and then I think where movement, what people know as my practice today really started like towards the end of my, my undergrad. I worked on this project with one of my good friends, uh, Paul John, on this project that like involved hand clapping games and mm -hmm. I just had this intense burning desire to move again. And then I found out, you know, after being introduced to, you know, different artists, such Yvonne Rayner, mm -hmm. um, you know, she could do it, I, I could do it too, as someone who also like came into dance, like much, much later than I. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't worry, you're fine. Yeah. Who came into dance much, much later than I. Um, and I just like after, so I stopped dancing recreationally at 18. Mm -hmm. um, 
because I had, you know, other things to focus on. I needed money to go to university. Yeah. Um, I did not want to do any <laughs> OSAP, none of that shit. I, yeah. I couldn't. I just heard too many horror stories, and and that really scared me. Um, so anyway, um, and then in like the, what was it, summer of 2015, I just started dancing again, like did my drop-ins and have been like, you know, training mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you say you do a lot of research, what kind of research do you do? Lots of reading, um, yeah. movie watching, um, <laughs> talking to people, talking to not artists about my ideas. Yes. You know, because some of the most interesting conversations I've had were like, like a grocery store manager or <laughs> a chemist or <laughs> a human resources manager. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's always nice to get the perspective from not an artist mm -hmm. because I feel I'm not sure how to explain this, but it's it's just refreshing because I know, like, I I would like my work to reach, you know, a wide variety of, of audience. Course. I hope, yeah. but um, that's that's part of the research too is just um, you know talking about ideas like, hey, friend, what do you think of this? Right. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. And, and also talking about like lived experiences too, not just from, you know, the mostly privileged artists I went to school with. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I do think that there is a bit of a gap um, in contemporary dance with um, in Toronto, where like, you get, like you said, some people aren't interested in um, having a wide audience. Mm -hmm. They're interested on having it from academics of contemporary work yeah, or yeah. other contemporary artists. Mm -hmm. But it's there seems to be like a weird disconnect between the general public who aren't artists or aren't dancers mm -hmm. and like contemporary dancers and I, I really like wonder why that is here why don't more artists kind of seek information from from like like you said chemists or people working yeah. at the store <laughs> or whatever it is um but I I totally agree with you that it's like making your art available to a wide audience is super important especially right now yes yeah I also wonder if it's a disconnect between like um, the way they want to think about their work. Because if you have to explain your work to someone who's not a creative or not in your field, mm -hmm. it becomes much harder, <laughs> yeah. right? Because like when we talk about stuff, we have like a shorthand with each other. We know each other well. Yeah, we went to the yeah. same school. It's like yeah. when we talk about work, mm -hmm. it's super easy. And I can even find that connection, maybe not as easy, but like with other contemporary dancers. Mm -hmm. With other people that think creatively, mm -hmm. a little bit harder, a little bit easier. With my mother, sorry, oh, mom, I love you. <laughs> you know, but like with people that are so disconnected from the art world, or so not don't live it every day. Yeah, talking about your work becomes much more difficult, and you have to think about it in a different way, which mm -hmm. is another layer of research and is yes. another layer of like, how do I make this work accessible? How do I relate it to people that don't live my experience? Mm -hmm. How do I take it out of the privilege of living in 24-7 art life yeah. and put it somewhere else. Yeah. Mm. So I wonder if it's a disconnect of how they want to think about their work or how deeply they want to think about it. Mm. Probably. And then it's also like, well, the whole reason why I do this, like everything that I have worked for is for, you know, it's how I make sense of the world as well. Yes. So, you know, there is your audience and if it gets shown, that's great, good for you. But for me, I think like it's, it is like fulfilling to like just understand it like, of what I'm working with, mm -hmm. why you know are we you know moving this way? Right. Um, you know, with I don't know if you saw System of a Gesture, which is like the trio. Mm -hmm. That was like you know with the three in the in the black outfits. No, yes, that that's that's like a new oh sorry iteration. No, no, don't yeah. apologize. It's it's confusing. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> I did it. I did that project three times. Mm -hmm. First one. I failed at it. Why did you fail? <laughs> because it wasn't what I wanted it to be, which is great because it taught me so much. I spent Learning. so much fucking money on it, but it's fine. Yeah. It's great. It was worth it in the end, and I sleep like a baby now <laughs> because it's done. Right. Um, but with with that project, it was about you know discovering like your sexuality like in the playground, which is like when I did research was like it happens, you know sometimes in like hand clapping games and mm -hmm. so did you both play hand clapping games when you were brownies in? yeah yeah okay. <laughs> i think also just like 
in school when you're bored, when you're waiting on something, you like learn how to Yeah, happy. yeah. Um, and that was really cool to me because it's like the first time you talk about like boyfriends, girlfriends, kissing, oh, taking your bra off, yeah. you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And there's like, you know, nine-year-old girl, like I remember, like yeah. you'll say yeah. that just like absentmindedly, but it's like the first time, you know, you're kind of like introduced like to this world of intimacy, mm -hmm. um, which I wanted to, you know, rediscover again um, because um, I saw these two girls playing um, hand clapping games and I'm like, what are they doing? Like this, like I used to do that and then um, going into research, I'm like, what is the social social function of hand clapping games? And then <laughs> Google, like so much, so much reading, so much research, so much, so many like interviews like with friends. Um, but I guess like to go go back a little bit is, you know, to, to, to understand like what it is to rediscover or discover like being intimate like with yourself with mm -hmm. other people um, and how to make sense of that. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Totally. No. <laughs> so the first one was a failure because you didn't, it didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to. No, it didn't. I learned a lot and there was like a lot of like, you know, research with, like, with, with the movements. Yeah. Um, and it was just me and my friend PJ, Paul John. Yeah. And then when I looked at the footage, um, I shoot like all like on film. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it just like, it read differently. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is like, you know, like they're in a, like a domestic space. Like, are they a couple? You know, right. da, 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 da. What kind of biases you know, men. are your viewers gonna have on it just by the circumstance right. or the context that they see? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, I'm like, okay, what if I added a third person in there? And then how, how does that read? And I think that's why I like, I like working with with trios, <laughs> yeah. Um, just because it, you know, sort of like you know, breaks the nar narrative of like you know, like man and woman in yeah the first iteration of that project, yeah. um, and it made it you know it was like you know more play playful like there was there was more um, possibility with having a third mm -hmm. um, in there, which is the one that has been screened and exhibited. Mm -hmm. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yes. Yeah. What you said you learned a lot from the failure, though. So what was it that you learned besides just the, is it just the man and the woman and what is perceived by the public? Yeah. Or is there also some technical elements that you, that you were able to adapt? Yeah. Well, it's so I, I mentioned that I, I shot it on film, not just saying I'm like like I shoot film, I'm yeah. cool. But the reason yeah. why why I do is because there's no you you can't play it back, mm -hmm. and I think that's why like you know, I like that it. it's, you know, it can be a really good thing or, you know, not so good thing. Um, so because like, you know, you, you can't see it, you know, you don't, you can't read that image quickly. You know, you, you do the thing, you have your camera operator record it, and then, you know, you wait for it, for the footage to arrive, which takes like a month. Um, <laughs> and then, and then you look at it and you're like, oh, this like reads just a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it, it was different than what I, it, it's still lovely to look at, but not exactly um, what I was going for. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, do you think a lot of your work is focused on, or is it just that one work that is focused on like sexuality and what it means to be like intimate with yourself or other people? Yeah, that was, I think that was it for, for now. For now, yeah. yeah. I think it's it's still like an interesting topic, you know, like as like human beings. Mm -hmm. um, but that was like, oh, man, like 20, 2016 to 2019. It was mm -hmm. like, you know, three different iterations of it. <laughs> yeah. Which is so, it was so, so useful. Um, and then I, sh I reshot um, with the, the third person, uh, Penny Juma. It's awesome, awesome awesome person um, in the summer of 2017 and then um, showed it publicly the fall of 2017 and then um, had it screened again at a group exhibition by Lizzie Kiriko who's this amazing, amazing person and curator and just brilliant, brilliant person <laughs> um, for, for the show um, uh, for Contact 2019 mm -hmm. and there was like, so it was, it was getting screened and mm -hmm. then um, they wanted like a performance aspect to it. And so 
um, I did that. And that was, you know, learning a, a bunch of new things. And mm -hmm. um, it was great. I, I thought it was really productive. Yeah. I, I asked that because when you, when I think about sexuality and dance as movement, I feel like together they like are a really good mesh together. Yeah. So when speaking about that and thinking about it and looking at the body, it's like a good visual as well as like a good topic to combine and research. Mm -hmm. It's like you're working with flesh. Yeah. And, you know, there's inherently an intimacy with it. Of course. Also, like, dance is sexy. Dance yes. is so sexy. It can be so <laughs> sexy. I saw Chroma like in February. Yeah. For that, I was like, this is so hot. <laughs> I love it. Um, Wayne McGregor. Um, it was it was part of the the Crystal Pipe, pro like that the National Ballet did. There was that. Mm. Yes, I did see it because I went for Crystal Pipe. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Same. Yeah. Went, went for. Birthday last year. It was mm. the first time I've ever been to ballet. Oh, fun! Yeah. Yes, I. Yes, now I do remember. Yeah. Angel's mm. Atlas. That was that was her work. It was, yes, that was spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. What did she have? Like thirty dancers on the stage. Oh once? my god. Yeah. The, the, and the small gestures that yes. like with the arm movements. It's like with like this constant like just like constantly. It was like thirty dancers just constantly together doing really small things and like the lighting. This like she had this like backdrop. They were all in black. Yeah, they're like um, they were topless and all in black skirts. Yes, yes. Yeah, and she had this like smoky kind of star like constellationy backdrop just playing that was like gray and was the awesome. whole time it was fabulous. Yeah. yeah, that was the last <laughs> performance I went to. It was February. Wow. Last time I think so too. Wow. February, yeah. Shit hit the fan in March, and I was like, <laughs> bye performance. Holy <laughs> fuck, yeah. Wow, I never think that the ballet is the last thing I saw. <laughs> it's like kind of pisses me off when I look at people in Europe who are like performing <gasps> right now oh. and like dancing, and like we're all here and we're like, just yeah, it's not moving, just stagnant beings. I really struggle like dancing in my house, so I can't I don't do, do it. it. <laughs> really? You can't do it? I can't do it anymore. Okay. Um, I feel, I was gonna say, I felt like I saw you. I dance. was. Yeah. I was going, I went ham. Like, you know, because, okay, so <clears throat> going to, that's like, you know, a mood regulator for me. You know, mm -hmm. like it, you know, releases endorphins. It's yeah. good for you. Mm -hmm. That is a fact. Yes. Mm -hmm. Movement is good for you. Movement mm -hmm. is, so, is so good for you, you know, in any, movement is good <laughs> for, in, in any capacity, right? Yes. Um, and then, you know, my, apartment is not built for that and then um i just you know kind of like try to like adapt as best as i could doing like my dutch national ballet daily bar which was like okay like i love this this is great <laughs> wow <laughs> the amount of people that have sat in this chair and been like yes national ballet that bar i love it <laughs> it's great it was hard but it's great and and then oh my god and then i had like a hip issue and then I had to stop mm -hmm. <laughs> it's fine now shout out to my physiotherapist <laughs> over zoom which was like so weird but anyway yeah. um, but it's it was easy in the beginning mm -hmm. and then it got harder and harder and harder yes. because I love the energy of the people you know when I go into my drop-in classes I'm like you know how how are you doing yeah. friend let's go do this thing together yeah <laughs> and I, I love being around people so yes. much and then <clears throat> It's just, it's hard. It's, I really try my best to like, you know, move a little bit, just, you know, groove yep. to whatever piece of music and then I'll feel fine. But I, I can't, I, I hate it. <laughs> it was also like a little bit like, oh, this is, at the very beginning, it was like, everybody and your mother was we're doing like, live. oh yeah, we're going to do a live class. And it gave you a lot of opportunity to take classes yeah. with so many different artists, which was great. Just like yes. put it on your CV, trained with Isabella Boylston of the yeah. ABT, <laughs> did this and Doesn't that. Doesn't have to mention via Zoom. It's going to be like a whole part on people's CV that's like, took this workshop. Yeah. <laughs> Online presentations. Um, but it was a little bit like quiche, like in the sense like, ooh, I'm going to like work out and dance in my place and I'm going to do like, uh, a, like a work against a wall in my house and then we were like oh but this like isn't ending like this isn't just like a like it'll do it for a month and it'll be like great and think all the creative things that we can do uh -uh. Yeah. and then like eight months in we're like I don't I don't have space to move yeah. in my apartment anymore it's like 
I don't have, like you said, the energy of people going across the floor. Like that's like one of my favorite moments in class. Oh my God. Yes. I miss that. And then I'm thinking like, how do you advocate for yourself? Like there's, I mean, I advocate by turning my camera off and sitting down. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just being like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. She's done. (laughs) Do you mean like advocating for yourself on on like an online platform? I guess so. Um, But also like how you can continue to do the thing that that you love still without like, you know, compromising um, your mental health. (laughs) Yeah. I also think it was like a big eye opener for a lot of dancers that they like doing stuff. Okay, so you know like before quarantine, you'd hear about people working on solos by themselves and you would That's be like, hard. how do you do, do that? that? <laughs> you know, because even like I've been like playing with this idea of this like solo work. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, you need to be like so focused to work by yourself. Like artists like Sarita Hector, who mm. like work, did that beautiful work by herself. Um, Black Ballerina. Yeah, Black I Ballerina. I saw that. Yeah. There's so many artists that like that can do that and have the focus to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a big eye-opener for people when um, quarantine hit that what they like about their passion or their art is being around people and dancing with mm-hmm. people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Yeah. And I think that was like the biggest misconception about people's relationship with dance on their own mm. was like not being with people and not realizing that was something that you needed that like brought made you passionate about this work mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah i think that's why it was easier for me in the beginning because i have been like you know trying to do that solo work because that's my practice mm-hmm. it was you know never my wildest dream to be a part of a company or whatever i just thought okay well i want to have my own like movement practice and mm-hmm. make now and then you know do that and advocate for myself you know it was different back yes. you know before <laughs> quarantine <laughs> um and then yeah it just it got really hard because i depend on like you know the space yeah it's so important and i'm scared i'm gonna like knock shit down in my living room and you yes. know it's it's fine and you know i'm currently like you know trying to adapt it as best as i can right now mm. um to at least just get a little bit in there do you live alone i know i live with my partner mm. yeah so we're like you know negotiating like, space well, he, he's awesome. He's, like, trying to help me build a belly bar just so I can feel, like, oh, wow. you know, that's, like, the same thing. Okay, we're going to just, you know. Something, like, ritualistic about it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I'll just do this thing. I know it's good for me. I've, I love it. Um, and, yeah, so we're working towards that. And we're <laughs> uh, he suggested putting, I think it's called casters underneath our couch so we can, like, move it so I don't have to ask him. <laughs> So you can just roll it out. Yeah. Right? yeah, so you can just roll it out. So That's smart. Yeah. It's like the biggest issue for me is like moving the furniture. Yeah. And like, and like I'm a tiny person and I can't do it and he won't let me because I'm like going to hurt my back. <laughs> so he's like, let me do it. But then I feel bad asking him, you know, all yeah. the time. And yeah. so we thought, okay, casters underneath the couch. So, nice. you know, it's like, it's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But you're adapting. Yes, I have to. I'll yeah. go fucking crazy if I don't. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that's even something that we didn't, that we were, like, going back to what we were talking about before, about, like, space and the ritualistic thing, like you said, of going into a space. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure it was easier to work Mm -hmm. alone when you are entering, you, like, get up in the morning, I'm going to the studio for three hours. Yeah. I'm going to get a coffee on the way there, and for those three hours, I'm going to work. Yeah. It was so nice. Like, I live, I literally right behind the Citadel. Oh, nice. And, like, would go, like, hey, like, three hours, I'm, you know, going to do this, Mm -hmm. see what happens, record it, sleep on it, see it later, see, you know, how Mm -hmm. I feel about it. And then now that, like, that space is, like, you know, gone. It's not physically gone, but it's gone, you know, for for many people, access to, like, affordable studio space to Mm -hmm. rent, Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. Railpath, which is right near here. Mm -hmm. Have you been going there? Um, no, I haven't. But no. my friends work there, and yeah, um, Lauren works. There. Yeah, we're. Um, I there. work for the Leaven. Yes. And we're doing a partnership with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <gasps> Yay! That partnership partnership is beautiful. It's going to be super hard to adapt it online, but yeah, I imagine. But 
It's been working well so far. We have uh, Stephen Jackman Torkoff right mm -hmm. now. Um, they're amazing practice uh, sharing. Um, we've had, I think, two out of the four sessions. Um, but it's going well so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people, people are coming and I really admire the people who come because it's so, especially now that we're like, what, eight months in, mm -hmm. to like stay engaged into yeah. the Zoom land. Yeah, Zoom, man. Can we um, like speak it. about the Lovin? Do you mind like talking a little bit about it? Uh, yeah, I won't go like you know too much into like detail. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's okay. I know like yeah. Um, I just want to know how you got involved and like um, why is it such a cool like a cool Toronto staple for you? Yeah, well, I got involved. <laughs> um, I, I I'm very just happy to be a part of the team. For they're so great. I love it. It's the best organization I've ever worked for. Uh -huh. But I got involved because. Um, I guess like my earliest experience was taking a Gaga class with them. Mm -hmm. So this was like back in like 2017. Um, my friend PJ, Paul John, who I mentioned earlier, um, told me, oh, you should watch this documentary called Mr. Gaga. I was like, <laughs> and so I went to Hot Docs oh. and, I, and I was like alone in the theater for some reason. I don't know why. I think it was like a late screening. I, sh I was like, I got out of there. I was on blur, like fucking sobbing because <gasps> I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I know, I know what I want to do now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought his story was really cool because again, he came into dance in his 20s and made this really amazing thing, which I think is so fucking cool. That and opening sequence is stunning. She's God. wonderful. I took class with her <gasps> in uh, Amsterdam, Berlin. Well, her name's Maya. Maya. Yeah. yeah, she is. She's a wonderful teacher, Gaga teacher too. Like, uh. really talks about like space and like opening and closing of the clam and stuff. And it's, Ooh, it's yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, I loved it. <laughs> and I, I loved how you know he like in that opening sequence. He's like, if you fall, the softness of your flesh will protect you. I was like, you're funny. I like you. Yeah, also just like the way of thinking about it. It's like everyone else would be like, you're just falling on a hard surface. So just like, it's going to hurt. Yeah. Like, he's just like, but he like reimagines it and rethinks it to like, kind of like, not trick you, but it's just like a different, like all of his work. It's a different way of thinking about yeah. it's like what Gaga is about, right? Like, yeah. And that's like, I felt so like, you know, welcomed. Mm. Um, my, you know, my own experience and I thought, okay, well, I just, I have, I struggle sometimes saying, you know, that I am a dancer. Oh. I don't, sometimes I don't think I am because there's like, you know, the weird, like, where did you drain? Like this, right. this and that. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do have training, but like still anyone can be a dancer, totally. I think. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, I assumed you went to national ballets. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the imposter syndrome is yeah. real. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Um, but I, I, I love that because it was so, it's so welcoming. And then I took uh, Gaga Dancers with uh, Laura Toma. Mm -hmm. That's her name, I believe. With the Lovin. And it was like the best experience like ever. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this speaks to me a lot. So I have been doing Gaga like over this mm -hmm. quarantine as best as I can in yeah. my living room without like, you know, like not knocking stuff down because mm -hmm. you get so excited in the moment. Yes. Um, but anyway, oh gosh, what we were talking, so Gaga, uh, you saw the movie. hot dogs crying in the middle of Bloor Street at like midnight, Man, being um, so happy. I cried on Bloor Street so many times. <laughs> Really? Oh gosh, yes. The last time, no, that was not the last time <laughs> that I cried on Blue Street. No, it was, I think. Was was like <laughs> just like there, there were happy tears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I felt like I felt I felt validated. Totally. You know, from, yes. from just from watching that documentary and like, you know, at that point um, I'm still an emerging artist, but I was like even more of a baby back then. And like, mm -hmm. it was just valid to see like, okay, like let's, let's try this. I'm just gonna like stick with my gut and then keep doing the thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's worked out so far, not because of luck, but because I really did work really hard. Mm -hmm. I am working as best, <laughs> as mm -hmm. hard as I can. Yes. Um, oh. Do you feel, you still feel that imposter syndrome now as well? Every single day, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Is it's, it specifically with dance that you feel it? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, hundred mm -hmm. percent. I think just because the way I entered it and like what you know, 
I, I learned, you know, as like a kid growing up, like, oh, you can't be a dancer if you don't, you know, start, you know, you know, at three, at three or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, people have done really like amazing things. Some of my, you know, favorite dancers, like I said, like, uh, like right Yvonne now. and um, who is just, she's so like weird mm -hmm. <laughs> and incredible. Just the way she thinks of movement yeah. is really like attractive to me. And then like, you know, people like Ohad Naharin, I think is like, it's special. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the imposter syndrome, I don't know. I think it's something that maybe I'll live with the rest of my life, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do you do when you feel that way? Um, I just, I don't stop. I just keep on going. Because <laughs> if I do, then I'm like, oh, you're not doing anything. Like, you can, you know, sit about, you know, and just think about it and, like, not do anything about it. But then if you actually do it, then you'll feel a little bit better, I think. I don't know. Maybe that's, like, a really unhealthy way of, like, thinking about it. I don't think so. No. I'm also prone to, like, really unhealthy ways of working. Like, Camille, like, you got to do it. You got to do this. It's like, you know, we were talking about being perfectionist earlier. I am such a perfectionist. <laughs> um, and I also think that comes from, like, having, like, a photographic background and working oh, yeah. with such, like, um, number one, freaking expensive materials. Film. Yes. Yeah. Film, like, analog film. Yes. But when it's good, when it's done perfectly quote like perfectly you know according to like the numbers and everything and your exposure to et cetera et cetera it's like delicious <laughs> yes. there's nothing that satisfies me more than a perfectly exposed negative Ooh. <laughs> so when you talk about expensive materials you're talking about your camera and the film and keeping it up to date and keeping it and archiving it and preserving uh, it and properly yeah. yeah yeah like not letting the moisture in like investing in like the right materials to protect it mm -hmm. um you know to scan your negative to have a technician look over it to you know it's it's hard but i wouldn't trade it for anything else i i love you know just not being able to see things you know right away and i think that's what many people um who work with film will tell you mm -hmm. it's like you know that slow process of like really like being one-on-one -on -one with your subject and that's like you know very romantic but it's nice mm -hmm. right. it's true also it's highly technical it is highly technical and yes. it's like so meditative it's like okay i gotta measure my lights and make sure it's good and mm -hmm. you know do a few tests here mm -hmm. and <sighs> yeah <laughs> you just said something like very interesting about um, buying the equipment to like preserve yeah. and protect to make sure the materials are in excellent condition. To, like, mm -hmm. But I think what's really interesting is that like thought process. And again, this is like not you. I just like thought about it. Oh, tell me, Rainy, tell me. Is, um, <laughs> it's interesting that like to have that mentality about protecting this equipment, right? Mm -hmm. And this like camera or um, like the canvas or paints or whatever like whatever your medium is but as artists we often don't um protect like one of our biggest um like materials which is like our body uh-huh because we go we get to this place mentally that we're not sleeping mm -hmm. which is like the biggest thing about protecting and preserving your body yeah. <laughs> or not eating or mm -hmm. causing your body high amounts of stress which can be we all know like the impacts of stress on our on our body and our functions and yep, I yep. think it's really interesting that as artists we look at it as a way of like we don't protect this often this is not the first priority mm -hmm. that's it's the priority be. yeah 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 it has it has to be I've like you know especially like in my undergrad it was like very competitive and I love competition mm -hmm. I like a healthy mm -hmm. competition mm -hmm. I like being pushed by yes. other people Yes, yeah. I, I love that. And I think, you know, I'm a Capricorn. I love, you know, <laughs> I love working. I love, I love my career. I love, you know, this, this and that. Um, but I just remember, like, being up so late at night and, like, editing and, like, you know, wearing many hats because, like, mm -hmm. number one, like, I didn't want to volunteer people. Yes. Uh -huh. I just don't, didn't feel great about that. And number two is, like, yeah, wearing the many hats and like trying to get like, you know, everything like good, 
like mm -hmm. if I was working on a film or whatever, I had like the role of like cinematographer, director, mm -hmm. editor, sound recorder, right. this, this, yeah. that, and like that requires like hey like you know how how do I use the zoom, yeah. you know how can I you know how do I articulate what I want to see at the same time while shooting what I'm seeing exactly <laughs> and that's like and it's and it's hard and especially as someone like you know. I started, you know, using myself. So that's it's it's been mostly me behind in front of the camera, but then also behind. So having like those two roles of like before performer, mm -hmm, yes. performer, and then camera operator, mm -hmm. very hard. And I just like yeah, going back to my undergrad, just like not sleeping and like literally staying overnight at school on like the computer <laughs> editors mm -hmm. and like making sure the security guard didn't see me. Like I would literally sleep at school. Wow. And like okay, got this done. This yeah. is great. This is this is good. Yeah, I'm gonna go like you know, have breakfast down the street now, <laughs> <laughs> while running on two hours of sleep. And oh, I've got a critique too. Yeah, let's see oh, how that happens. On. Yeah, yeah. But it, for me, like now looking back, I'm like, good job, Camille. That was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It only cost me like you know sleep and now I have bags under my bags but yeah <laughs> but it's worth it oh yeah yeah <laughs> bags under my bags that has how I feel about when I did my my thesis my master's thesis that was like, recent right mm-hmm yeah just in January congratulations Ricky mm -hmm. that's awesome um but I do feel like it like definitely edged a couple years off my life <laughs> shaved them right out of there um how do you when you wear these different hats oh. being in front of the camera and behind it how do you feel that you look at your work objectively? I don't think I can. I don't know. It's, wow. Um, how do I look at my work objectively? Mm -hmm. So how can you be the person that's um, recording as well as the performer? How do you take yourself, or are you able to take yourself away from it and look at it from an objective standpoint? I think so. I think like, mm -hmm. Especially having that time away from seeing the footage. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, to reiterate, the process is like you get the film, mm -hmm. you wait for the latent image to, mm -hmm. you know, you expose it. This is like a one hour. Um, very technical, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so you wait for it because you don't want to put it into the processor right away. You take it to the lab. The lab will take like 10 days to get the negative. You get the negative, you go to the film scanning place you give them the negative and then they scan it um and then that process takes like a month so mm. it's like between like you know production and then um it's like yeah a month and a half and then you get the file and you're like oh, okay so i think like i think it's been easier for me to to have like that time away because i look at i'm like oh who's that who's this girl you know mm. yeah. i really try to put my like look at it like every like you know single spec mm -hmm. and try my best to like put myself outside um of the, remove myself from that but the girl that i see in the mm -hmm. um, right. in the video mm -hmm. and then of course you know asking friends like what do you think what does this look like mm -hmm. right yeah and outside eye is super important ask my mom like what do you think <laughs> <laughs> yeah i find a big struggle as an artist is to remove the emotion not, not the emotion from the work, yeah. but not to be as emotionally connected to specific aspects of the work. Yeah. Because then it's easier to be objective about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So just because like this feels good or this has like a deep rooted connection to how it was created, sometimes you just got to remove that. Sometimes it's not sometimes. integral to the end. No. Yeah. yeah. It might have been the starting point. It might have been like an impetus, but to keep it in the work would not serve the work. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because well, you, the way you feel connected to it as the maker is probably not going to resonate with, with you, with your audience, in the exact way that you resonated in the beginning. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of bad editing in contemporary dance. <laughs> there can be, yes. yes. <laughs> We're like, why was this? This could have been 15 minutes shorter. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, you did a really beautiful film for, I want to say CBC. Was it CBC during um, quarantine where you're on the ground? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it was, um, 
I guess it was like a residency, I guess. Oh, was um, it? Yeah, yeah, where they just, you know, ask you like, how's your quarantine? Like, how are you adapting, mm -hmm. you know, to it? Um, and that, that was really fun to do. Um, I was like working through some ideas mm -hmm. um, for a solo dance piece that I did um, back for uh, Nuit Blanche 2019. Oh, wow. And that was, um, seeing, you know, um, the body from different angles. Mm. Um, so that, that piece that I was working on is, is called Algorithm mm -hmm. that I first showed at Nuit Blanche last year. Last mm -hmm. year was 2019, yes. I'm losing track of time. Okay, <laughs> okay, it's, okay this is this It is feels now. like March to me, so. Oh my goodness, yeah, mentally I'm here. And so I, 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 I did that piece, um, which was um, inspired by um, computer vision science, censoring oh. body parts, um, like my anatomy, so like vulvas and breasts. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, well, let's do a, you know, I guess a contemporary dance piece on it. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like my first like solo, 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 solo. And it was like really like weird experience, but like when I say weird, it's like good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which then, you know, I applied for um, grants to extend, to look at this concept from, um, you know, different mediums, so film and photography. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to TAC and OAC for helping <laughs> me with this. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> um, and so I was, yeah, for, for that, I, that was like, you know, why I shot down. Yeah. Why I had the camera pointing down mm -hmm. to me to see what that would look like. Because mm -hmm. that's like, you know, research for me on how I can, you know, work camera angles with this solo mm -hmm. dance piece. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like going like through the movements again, seeing where it can take me. Um, and that, that was really nice to, I guess, um, try my best to adapt yeah and it was like it was so early and then like you know a lot has has changed because we're we're not built for this like this is not what we're meant to do no, no. <laughs> yes we're, we're meant to be out there yeah <laughs> frustration is real yeah mm -hmm. um do you plan on in the future with your work mm -hmm. do you plan on continuing to work um like on this on just you or on your solo or would you like to bring in other bodies and choreograph on uh, like a company or what? Yeah, absolutely. I think the reason why I have been, you know, using myself is because I, I don't have money to pay. I, I, mm -hmm. At least earlier, I didn't have money to pay. And like my friends, you know, didn't go through all that training or whatever, you know, to be paid like fucking like nothing. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I don't, I want to support my friends and the people I work with as much as possible, as much as I can. Um, you know, it's one thing, you know, when you're a student and you're doing student work and you, you know, volunteer people, like, that's that's fine. But for me personally, um, I, I, like, I have to pay someone to, mm -hmm. to do this, you know, mm -hmm. creative research. Like, they have, like, that's how we sustain, you know, each yes, other. Yeah. Um, but it's also, you know, the work that I was working with is, like, you know, like, like, very, like, like personal. And mm -hmm. I thought, okay, like, how does this look like in my body? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I thought that that's really interesting to to see, you know, the tradition of like you know like the artist as subject, <laughs> artist right. as camera operator, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is fine. Um, but the, yeah, so many reasons why it was just me. But of course, of course, I want to incorporate other people. You know, I had I you know, my trio of people. It was, mm -hmm. It's so nice to, to work, you know, with me and, you know, two other people. And then, what did I do? I did something with, with two people. Oh, that was me and another person for this other photographic series where we're like, um, we're um, art handlers. And then mm -hmm. we have um, an empty frame with us yes. and we're just working um, around that and making it weird and yeah. absurd and whatever. But yes, 100%. Um, would love to have work on our ensemble. I like the word ensemble even. Just, mm. just feels like a big hug. And I think I like it more because I, I miss being, you know, going yeah. across the floor, like in our yeah. drop There's something really powerful about moving with people oh. and like moving in sync. Oh, yeah. yes. Like we're talking about Crystal Fight yeah. in LA, but like 
there's something really powerful as an audience member and as a dancer inside of the work yeah. to move that way. Yeah. There's something that resonates, and I don't know if it's like our monkey, like animal brain that like recognizes the difficulty of that or like mm. the technical ability of that, and you're just like feels powerful. Mm -hmm. I just like love it so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's being an artist fucking killing you. Yes, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, quick, ready, gun. Yes. <laughs> I guess you knew that was coming. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. This was so lovely. Oh my gosh, yeah. no, thank you. It's, it's so, so nice. nice to talk to people <laughs> again. Right? Yeah, yeah, about like artwork and not just not just COVID all the time. Oh my God. COVID, no, yeah. I, I don't want to respond to COVID right now. No, no man. <laughs> exactly. Don't want to make isolation art. No, <laughs> not right now. <laughs> it's valid, but I just, I don't want to be, you know, no, you don't want to like, feed that that area right no. now. So it's not what I was made for. I'm just going to, you know, just go home and take a bath and not think about it right now. Yeah. But being safe, being safe. like Totally. Of course. You yeah. can be, like, safe and, like, understand that responsibility and wear your mask and do mm -hmm. all of those mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. but still want normalcy yeah. and mm -hmm. still want connection. Mm -hmm. We can do all the things and still, still need it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if people wanted to find your work or find you... Where would they go? Um, they could find me on my website, camillorojas.com. Um, I don't have Instagram right now. I just need a little break, but they could find me there. It's my first and last name, yeah. but my first name with two eyes. And then, um, yeah, no, my website is there. They could send me an email if they want. Amazing. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. Please let us know if you have any questions. Leave us a review. Check us out on any platform you want to check us out on. And thank you all. Talk to you later.